Welcome to Life-Giving Water Messages, where I expound upon the Word of God and, through the internet, deliver it to you. My name is Rev. Todd Laddick, and I'm bringing to you Part 4 in a multi-part Lenten series entitled Purple Theory, and today's message specifically is entitled uh, Fasting, based off of Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. So, let us dive into the Word today. And when you fast... Don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do. For they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face. Then no one will notice that you are fasting except your Father who knows what you do in private. And your Father who sees everything will reward you. Amen. Fasting is meant to change our hearts and deepen our relationship with God. Yet sometimes we turn it into a diet or a show. Over the years, as a clergy person, I have learned to get used to different things that were at first awkward for me. Living in a house that I did not own was a huge adjustment for myself and my family. My name changed from Todd to Pastor Todd, or just Pastor, or even being called by the first letter of my title and the first letter of my first name, P.T. I also had to get used to wearing robes and collared shirts. In fact, oftentimes, I get called Father by people when they see me wearing a clerical collar because they think I am a Roman Catholic priest. Even though such collars came out of Protestantism as a way for people to know that the person they were seeing was clergy, uh, over the years people have come to associate those collars with Roman Catholic priests. They'd even get called the Roman collar because they predominantly wear them nowadays, whereas many Protestants don't anymore. At first, I would correct people and let them know I was a pastor, a Protestant pastor in the Methodist Church. However, over time, I would just respond or nod or, or thank them and not really say anything about it. Roman Catholic or Protestant, I am clergy, and people are only trying to show respect to me and to my office. Priest or pastor, we both, save, we both serve the same Lord. So here are some things to consider. For many of us, we have included some form of fasting in our Lenten practice. For example, fasting from chocolate, or from caffeine, or from carbs, etc. Without, and we've done this without growing or learning from the fast. Actually, a lot of times we just do it because, well, isn't that what you're supposed to do during Lent? But fasting is not necessarily about dieting. It is about denying ourselves something in order to refocus our minds and hearts and to deepen our faith. Fasting is for our own spiritual health and drawing closer to God, and it isn't for show. What does scripture say about this? 
In Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 through 18, Jesus describes three common spiritual disciplines in his time. Almsgiving, prayer, and, as we just read in verses 16 through 18, fasting. Now, he was warning about becoming like the religious hypocrites, doing these spiritual disciplines for show without having hearts changed by them, letting everybody know how pious and holy and religious we are, yet our hearts are anything but. The point Jesus makes about all of these practices, and, he, and this isn't just about fasting. This is about praying, about fasting, about anything that you do as a spiritual practice. The point he's making about them is that they are meaningful and worshipful only when they are done with the intention of worshiping God, rather than trying to make a good impression or prove oneself in front of other people. Now, in, in Jesus' time, anointing with oil was a symbol of joy. But people usually fasted and put ashes on their heads when they were mourning. So, when Jesus instructed, when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face, in that instruction, he was directing them to do the opposite of what would normally be expected when fasting. Jesus is really trying to make a point to us here. Verse 18 tells us that, that we should fast from, uh, you know, that we should uh, fast, and what we fast from should be between God and us, no one else. Now, I want to pause on this for a second, because this could be misinterpreted. There are sometimes people who, who have partners that they fast with, you know, somebody who has prayer partners or, or somebody who has a, a partner who hold, they hold each other accountable to the spiritual discipline. Jesus isn't saying you, you can't do that. What Jesus is saying is that your fasting, your prayer, your almsgiving, your, your whatever spiritual discipline is should not be done for show. Having a, an accountability partner is fine. But doing it to, to show how great you are or how holy you are is not fine. There are churches. Pastors will lead fasts, you know, for different reasons. Martin Luther King Jr. led a fast, you know, uh, and probably more than just one, uh, in regard to, uh, to the suffering of black people in America. You know, Mahatma Gandhi uh, did the same thing. Uh, so, so that's not what Jesus is talking about. It's, it's fine for people to fast together, but it isn't fine for us to do it as a show or to, or to blow, you know, toot our own horns and, uh, let everybody know we're fasting. So what Jesus is telling us here, when he says in verse 18, that we should, that what we fast from should be between God and us and no one else. He's telling us that we need to take fasting and all spiritual disciplines seriously and humbly, because it is our way to humble ourselves before God and recognize our need for God and no one else. By making it secretive, Jesus is emphasizing that fasting is a personal and private decision, not meant to be made for or by other people. 
I can recommend, and I certainly do recommend to people that, that they should incorporate fasting as a part of their lives. But I don't tell them that they must or because I do it, they have to do it. Um, and I don't hold it over their heads as some sort of uh, means of salvation, for it isn't. There's nothing we can do to earn God's salvation that's been given to us freely through Jesus Christ. And so even in recommending stuff, there needs to be a level of humility. Yes, it's good to fast, but it may not be for everybody. And if it's not for some people, then they should they should find a, a discipline that is for them. There are there are always differences between people, and God isn't about enslaving people to what we do, but inviting people into what God does, and and inviting people into a deeper and closer relationship with God. Now, fasting is. Uh, a less common spiritual discipline now than it was in Jesus's time, and it is more common in some cultures than others. But fasting can definitely be a worshipful and transformative spiritual discipline for some. It is about more than what we give up, or even how well we stick to what we are fasting from, which can be different for different people. But it helps us to remember that we worship God, not only with our minds and hearts, but with our whole bodies. Fasting is a tangible way of practicing sacrifice for God's sake. And I can tell you, actually, uh, the, the, what really comes to mind when I think of fasting is the phrase, you don't know what it's got, what, you don't know what you've got until it's gone. I'm sure we've all heard that phrase, maybe even heard the, the song from Cinderella, uh, which I will not try to uh, sing for you. But uh, it's true. We don't know what we have until we don't have it. And, and fasting, when we give up something we love, something that brings joy and desire into our lives, and we give that up for a period of time, we then throw ourselves into the, the, the mercy and grace of God because we need God to get us through wanting that and to bring us closer to him whom we trust and so fasting becomes this this thing where where rather than taking joy in the the thing i'm giving up i start to take joy in god and then god gives us back that thing that we've given up and what a joy it is to once again you know, eat a food you, you love that you, that you stopped eating or, or listen to a song that you love listening to or a certain music that you love listening to that you gave up for this the fast. Um, but you'll also find that you're a little sad and hesitant about getting that back because you've drawn closer to God and you really, you really grew in that experience. It's amazing how transformative a fast can be. It can help us focus on God and prayer just as Jesus fasted for 40 days during his temptation in the wilderness. And fasting is not meant to be an isolated practice, but can be integrated as part of a worshipful life. I want to pause here and I want you to listen in to a Franciscan monk as he explains the power and importance of fasting. Abstaining and fasting during Lent are now and have for all throughout church history been ingrained within the Lenten tradition. And I think they have a profound 
significance for us as human beings. And indeed, it's much older even than our church, that the act of fasting and abstaining is something that we get from our Jewish sisters and brothers. And Jesus himself spoke of fasting. And there was all kinds of abstaining from certain foods and drinks at different seasons throughout the year that when we do this, it's not to say that there's something inherently wrong with, with, with meat or that there's something wrong with eating and that we, we shouldn't do it. It's not what it is, but rather when we refrain from something that we want or that we desire, we become more conscious and aware of that thing. And we also consecrate it and make it sacred. That's what a sacrifice is, is to make sacred. And there's this sense that you know, God has created this world and God has given us our very own lives. And by maybe going without food, we can be mindful of our dependence on that. And it can make us a little bit more aware of our vulnerability and our need for God and how God has blessed us. By going without, we recognize the abundance of God's goodness and mercy so that when we, when we have it, we don't take it for granted. You know, we don't think about the air we breathe very much, but I imagine if you were up on a spaceship somewhere, you might start thinking about oxygen in a different way. And similarly with food in industrial societies, in particular in wealthy countries, we have an excess of food and we often throw it away. Going hungry isn't such a bad thing when, when it allows you to consider how blessed we really are, when it opens up our minds to that reality. Likewise, it can also open us up to the reality that there are people who go hungry and it's not a choice. And it's not something that, that they would want for themselves. And by going without food for a bit of time, it brings us and draws our attention to them as well. And that's where almsgiving comes into play because the food that we give up, maybe we could give it to those who are going hungry and it's not their choice. There's also just, and a lot of scientists have done research on this, but there are physical benefits to fasting. That fasting itself can be good for you when it's done in a proper context. You know, we've often heard that with certain illnesses, you don't, you don't eat, right? Because if you, if you fast, it'll, it'll help heal up the body quicker. Whereas other foods, you have to eat certain foods like chicken noodle soup and all of that. Um, that fasting itself can be good for us on a physiological level too. That oftentimes we're putting so much junk in our bodies and I put myself in that category that uh, we're, we're causing ourselves harm. And we think that, oh, by fasting that somehow we're doing something negative, but it actually could be quite good for you. The danger is that there's also all kinds of weird ideas about food and about fasting. And what we don't want is people using a spiritual practice of fasting and abstaining in a way that can be self-destructive or reinforce negative views of their own body or 
um, bad relationships with food. So it's not to be used as a way of reinforcing negative body images or trying to lose weight for some sense of putting yourself down and you know if I if I if I did if I fast then I'll lose weight and I'll, I'll look better or whatever it may be um, so really it can become a, a, a tricky thing but if, it, if done right it can be a, a great rewarding practice so what does this mean for you have you given up something have you given something up this Lent is it Something that you plan on returning to when the season's over? Is it mildly inconvenient? Or is it truly sacrificial? Now, I want to reiterate what the Franciscan monk shared at the end of the video. Fasting is often practiced by abstaining from food. However, if you struggle with body image or desire to lose weight, and or eating disorders, then this is not a healthy, nor even godly, way to fast. Fasting should always about be being giving something up you enjoy, not giving something up you lament because you don't like the way you look, or you have an eating disorder, or something of that nature. If that is who you are, if that's, if that's the struggle you have, then this is not a healthy way to fast for you. Instead, you may choose to fast from something else, such as fasting from watching TV, fasting from being on social media, or, or spending money unnecessarily. Or you can skip fasting and just focus on another spiritual discipline. Fasting should never, ever be or become about not nourishing or caring for our bodies, which are given to us from, God, from and by God. We can choose to fast or renew our fast at any point. It need not be once a year only a Lent thing. We can choose to change what we are fasting from or shift how we are fasting. Fasting calls us to be uncomfortable so we can become more aware of what comforts us, turn to God with purpose, and deepen our connection with God. I want you to consider Pope Francis's words on fasting. Do you want to fast this Lent? Fast from hurting words and say kind words. Fast from sadness and be filled with gratitude. Fast from anger. Be filled with patience. Fast from pessimism. And be filled with hope. Fast from worries. And trust in God. Fast from complaints. And contemplate simplicity. Fast from pressures and be prayerful. Fast from bitterness and fill your heart with joy. 
fast from selfishness, and be compassionate to others. Fast from grudges, and be reconciled. Whatever you fast from, make it a discipline that draws you closer to God. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, I thank you and praise you for this message, this encouraging, inspiring, yet challenging message that that reminds us of the importance of sacrifice, of giving things up for you, and how you can redeem those things and give them back to us. Lord, all relationships are a give and a take. All relationships require sacrifice. Help us to be a people who are willing to sacrifice so that we may grow deeper in our relationship with you and lead others to do the same. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, thank you for everything. Uh, the link for the, the video uh, from the monk, um, the Franciscan monk, is uh, down below in the episode notes, so feel free to check that out. Um, also, uh, if, uh, as I say, uh, if this is your main source of spiritual nourishment th- throughout the, uh, the week, then uh, I would invite you to click on the links uh, down below that uh, lead you to our church's uh, giving page, and that will help us continue to Uh, Carry on the mission and ministry of Jesus Christ, especially during this difficult time uh, that is the pandemic. Uh, Also, if this is uh, just supplemental and uh, you have another church, then I invite you and encourage you to to give to your church as your church needs it as much as we do. And uh, your community needs the church as much as our community does. So remember, wherever you give, give with a whole and, and joyful heart. But in all things, remember... You are richly blessed so that you may be a blessing to others. Go in peace.